apostrophe. I-T-W-I-T. H-T-A-N-N-Y. And J-E-N-N-Y. Doing it with Danny Jenny. Doing it with Danny Jenny. Doing it with Danny Jenny. It's a revolution in podcasts. You heard what Eli Braden said. Welcome to the revolution, my friends. Revolution in podcasts. Thank you, Eli, for that song. We thank you every week. But every week, you deliver. Every week. And every week, you know what, Danny? We deliver. I'd like to think we do. I, th- I know we do. I think we phoned in the last couple, but I'm ready to <laughs> rock tonight. <laughs> our, our, our last couple of guests will be like, oh, well, fuck them. Yeah, no, no. I mean, it, not those. Those guys were great. But they, you yeah. know. Um, Jenny. Yes, Danny. You have rustled up a guest who I've been dying to meet, frankly. it's a good one this is a good one this is a good one a person whose uh work i've respected greatly who i followed i mean i first became aware of him on the daily show and then my god he'd pop up on other favorite shows he was on united states of tarot which is a show i love that that, that didn't uh he was by the way in one of the funniest scenes ever in the heat oh my god it's a great scene Truly, he's he's not a knock. That was my favorite thing. Just <laughs> knock over. But it's Nate Cordry. Come on. Woo! Hi guys. Come on. Welcome to the Doing It podcast, Nate. This is so exciting. Thank you so much. I'm big. I'm a big fan of both of you. And I know you're getting some pushback about talking over Ann Murray. But if you talk over me, it's okay. I, I no big deal. <laughs> I mean, you know, Ann Murray, like, we should be murdered for talking By the way, Ann who? <laughs> Ann who? Ann Murray, she's a fucking Canadian songbird. Like, Jesus. It's Canadian. You're supposed to talk over. <laughs> it's our birthright as Americans. <laughs> she was the only guest we've ever had that was in a time zone that we didn't even know, like, existed. Like, she was so far on. No, she was east of east, right? Yeah, she was like, like somewhere around like Newfoundland or something. Yeah, she was like an Icelandic time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Prince Edward Island or something like that up in Nova Scotia, somewhere weird up there. Nate, where are you beaming in from? Uh, I'm beaming in from Eagle Rock uh, oh, on the east side. Here. Yeah, here. I'm here. I've been here. I've been in Los Angeles for, um, uh, yikes, 16 years now. Um, I've had more, my Propecia um uh description for 16 years as well that's how i remember how long i've been in los angeles um i was in new york for seven years before then um so yeah i've 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 been living on the east side basically since i moved here um but i moved to eagle rock about 10 years ago which i love i i love it over here it's great you've been 16 years and out here in hollywood but you're a success story at least (laughs) well um I don't know. How do you? De- how do? You, I guess it depends on um, on how would you define a, a success story. I would story. say you. How have, much money do you make? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's how you, you, you have define an it. Also, that's IMDb. a question. Like I would say, your IMDb is impressive enough that like <laughs> it doesn't say uh, every credit doesn't say like miscellaneous or not credited. Anytime you have to scroll <laughs> down, anytime you can't capture your IMDb credits on one phone screen, you've done it. 
Right. That's a, that's a great marker. Um, I don't know how many swipes I have up, but I, I mean, I haven't had to like go to a job, like work an actual like civilian job in, uh, you know, 19 years or something. What so, was that last job? I'm curious. The very last, the very last job that I had, uh, was in New York. I was a temp. Um, I never waited a table. I only worked day, like office temp jobs, answering phones, making copies. And, and it was, I was really lucky to get this job because it was at an ad agency. Oh. And one of the creative directors or copywriters took a liking to me and we became pals. And he was casting a Pizza Hut bite and smile commercial in 2000 and, uh, 2001. Um, and he said, we're looking for just like, average you know 25 year old white guy can you are you allergic to pizza i was like no he's like okay you don't know me come to the casting tomorrow but you don't know me i said okay so uh, i showed up and you know i had to like pretend to bite a piece of pizza and kind of smile awkwardly and he's like great and uh, i said thanks man thanks man and he just was like the one the one thing he told me was not to like was not to say hello to him and I completely blew that. And I called him out by name, which is so fucking <laughs> dumb. It's like, hey, man. Oh, my <laughs> the God. The guy who you said to come to this thing. So thank God he looked past um, that enormous mistake and gave me the job. It was a half a day's work, biting pizza and spitting it into a spit bucket. And that made me enough money. I got a check, you know, six months later for like... $2,500. And that floated me for, I didn't have to go back to temping. And so I was able to have my days to audition for more commercials and got lucky, booked another commercial and another commercial and was able to pay my rent. So I, Van, Van Graves is, is this guy's name. I don't know if he still works at BBDO in New uh -huh. York, but he, uh, he like really gave me my actual start. That's wild. And was that like, was, was that the first commercial you had ever booked? Yes, that was the first commercial I'd ever booked. I just started. My brother, Rob, um, was really generous to introduce me to his commercial agent uh -huh. um, at Paradigm. And they were lovely. And this was at a time when commercials where they really wanted, it was a big comedy boom in commercials. There was no, there was no sincerity in commercials in 2001, yeah. 2000. It was all, they were like trying to really push bits and so they needed a lot of awkward white dudes to like drop shit you know and be like whoops i dropped it and i could i could do that pretty well um, like the golden age of like uh, like um the poster child of that was probably like john hodgman or something like that was like you know it was in, in that world completely completely yeah. um and so i was like they were looking for a lot of this just average <laughs> round-faced white guy um to so say I was something to... that could be on a sweatshirt at some point, like <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> like, wasn't that's... that always the thing? Is like, I want a dude. It's Adele. And like... yeah, it, that's exactly right. Yeah. I, I auditioned for that spot. I also auditioned for the um, "Can You Hear Me Now" spot. Um, <laughs> and my life would have taken a very different turn had I booked that commercial. Um, thank sure. God I didn't. No, um, true. And then he. And then he. I got to say, watching those commercials and now that he works for Sprint, I was watching it with my kids when he was on Sprint and we all looked at each other and we thought, well, this feels a bit disloyal. Yeah. Like if I can't trust this guy. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, I, I, 
I never this, caught that. I thought that was a bad move. I think he looks bad for sprint. It definitely looks bad for that dude. Can you imagine <laughs> Ronald McDonald walking across the Burger King and starting to, you know, shill Whoppers? I mean, yeah. I mean, it was creepy enough, Ronald McDonald walking across McDonald's. Like, he... Sure. <laughs> like, that freaked me out as a child. I hate Absolutely. <laughs> were you, like, when you were in New York, were you doing plays? Had you been, had you had any other acting? Like, what was your... What was your like resume before the commercial? Like, what had you done up until that? Yeah, point? yeah. My way into New York was through. Uh, I was a theater kid. My brother was more of a UCB improv guy, and I was. Um, I came up through Williamstown, which is this like summer theater yeah. in Western Massachusetts. A lot of and time. so I started there as an as an apprentice when I was twenty. Um, you know, you take acting classes half the week, and the other half you would like hang lights and be the run crew for the, for the plays. And, you know, I got to see um, Eric Stoltz do Glass Menagerie close up. Um, wow. I'll never forget. Yeah. Um, he was replaced <laughs> by Michael J. Fox at the last minute, yeah. right? He was, was, <laughs> That's all I think about now. <laughs> he <was laughs> He's a huge director now. He's like directs every episode of television in New York, doesn't he, Eric Stoltz? I, I, think, I think I, I think I heard that. Yeah, I, 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 I think I heard that. I knew that he was directing. I didn't realize, but yeah, I think he's in, in with that whole. Um, I think he's in with that whole Law and Order camp, right? Is that yeah, it? like any sort of procedural, like he, that's like his thing. He like oh, you know, amazing. Um, but yeah, that was my that was my way in through Williamstown, and then Williamstown. If they like, it's sort of like the military. They like you sort of like move up the ranks, and if they like you and they they see some, you know like that you're a promising young actor, you sort of move up to the next level. When you move up to the next level, if they really like you, they'll turn you equity. And so you join the union and then they do like a, a showcase in New York. And that's a big deal. You know, they have, they have some credibility. And so agents and managers show up to that. So um, Van Graves gave me my first paid job, but Williamstown got me my, you know, representation and started my career but williamstown is sort of the foundation well, here's a That's all, that was like your university that was your yeah, <laughs> yeah. but here's yeah. a question so first of all where, where did you where did you grow up i grew up in suburban boston in a town called weymouth which is on the south shore about 30 minutes uh south of boston it's like when people people in southie want to get out of the city and but still be surrounded by you know, like the lace curtain Irish, they moved to Weymouth. Um, there was six, count them, six Catholic churches in my town. Um, there was a single uh, Jewish student in my graduating class, one. His name is Adam Levine. Not that Adam Levine. Uh, that poor kid. Because um, the Irish just want, you know, any yeah. people to oppress because they've been oppressed for their entire existence. So, yeah. Um, and for some reason, that didn't carry over to the Jews. Like the Jews had been oppressed forever, but we're just like, the, the, you're not the, kicking it down to, yeah, yeah. No, we just thought, like, you know, what we'll do is we'll control the media. And that <laughs> right. will do it. We'll lend money at usurious rates. And, right. Um, I think there was like two Jewish families in my hometown, and that was it. We were just like, whoa, what's that? There weren't even okay. a temple for anyone to go to. I grew up in New Jersey, and I was convinced that the world was just Jews and Italians and a smattering of Irish, but it was like, cause we had, we had Irish also, but Irish Catholics, but it was like, you know, mostly Italian, a, about a third Jewish. And then that, that's, the, I, I couldn't believe that when I got out of Jersey that, oh, it wasn't this. 
I had the same, I, and isn't that such an interesting thing when you grow up in, in sort of an insular kind of suburb, no matter what demographic you're surrounded by, the first time, if you choose to leave that world and go to a, a bigger city, I remember walking down the street in New York, like on 14th street and just like looking around and my mind being blown. Um, but it's just the absurdity of, of diversity in that city. I was just, I was so used to the same thing. It, it took a long time uh, to adjust and sort of like build a friend group that was different than just the same, you know, yeah, Jonesy and, uh, McLaughlin and McSullivan and, you know, the O'Toole's and the O'Hanrahan's. Um. So, so you're growing up in this town, though, which is like, it's a lot like probably like my town in Jersey, but you couldn't be further away from show business. And so it's what's interesting is, you know, you got these two brothers who, um, you know, find their way into show business. Like, how does, did you both know early on? I mean, or did you, you know, did, were you, did, did you watch your big brother? Did, like, were you like watching him and thinking like, oh, I want to do that? Or were you both together in it? What was that like? Like, how did, like, I, cause no one was in my family particularly was doing any of this. I didn't know anybody was doing this. I just wanted yeah. to, I was curious what your story was. Yeah, Danny, it's, it's, it's basically watching older brother sort of break down a wall that I didn't know existed. I, I, he was in, he went for some reason and I don't know how he, the bigger question is how he got started because we didn't grow up in a creative family where yeah. New England Protestants, we hate art. Um, <laughs> we don't listen to music. We don't see, we didn't go to see movies. We didn't like, I didn't smell a museum. Like none of that was part of my existence. It was like Boy Scouts, Little League and watching television um, and hating other pe people who weren't like us. Um, <laughs> That's what you're supposed to do uh, in a small town. You're like, yeah, oh, you fucking yeah. weirdos. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anything other is bad. Um, right. But he, for some, I don't know how he got started. I think it might've been a girl. I think he might've been following a girl. And he auditioned for the senior class play and, uh, and they cast him as the lead in Bye Bye Birdie. And I went to, to see that as a 10-year-old kid. And it was like, a whole new, like I saw life in color for the first time. I was like, I couldn't yeah. believe that this was something that you could do. Uh -huh. And the, the, I mean, but at the very, at the very base of it, and, and, and I'll get to this in a second, but at the core of it is just wanting to be loved. Of course. Yeah. The, the, all it is, is just someone telling me good job. Yeah. Um, and seeing the pack of girls <laughs> surrounding my brother, I just, my mind, and I'm 10, you know, and my, I don't know if my testicles had dropped by then or not. Um, it doesn't, <laughs> how, it's irrelevant. How old was Rob at this point? You're 10. He was seven, uh, we're six and a half years okay. apart. He was a senior, so he was 17. So I think I was You're 10, 10 and a half. So he's like the coolest person. Exactly. Yeah. And seeing that attention that he got, I was like, it was, I, I became addicted. I, I wanted, I needed that fix. I always told my son, you know, my, I, I, I was not particularly good at sports. Um, I know hold your shock, but um, I didn't know <laughs> it was the greatest being in like the school plays and stuff and doing stand up at that age, because it was like, I, I, I told my son, it's like, stop com competing. Like I had felt like I had all the girls to myself because the other guys in the, in, in, 
the plays with me were mostly gay. I mean, they're gorgeous, but they're gay. And so I thought, oh, they'll get all frustrated. And then I look pretty good. And it was like, it was like, I felt like I had all the women I could ever want. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, being a straight kid in the theater department, a straight oh. guy in the theater department, oh. is, you know, fish just, you're a unicorn. Yeah, you're oh, yeah. really <laughs> lovely. Without a doubt. Yeah. Well, did you always want to do, because you're so, I mean, I'm not blowing smoke up your ass, but you're so funny. And like all the comedic roles, like I, that, that bit in the heat I've talked about, but like when you were on the episode of 30 Rock, for example, playing the, oh yeah, you were the gay cop that lived by a set of bun (laughs) in a Burger King or something. Like it was just every time you're on, it was so like, you're so great at comedy. Is that something you always want to do comedy or did you just want to act? Like, was there a particular? Yeah. Thanks, Jen. That's really kind of you to say. I, I, the, um, you know, the writing, the writing and all of those, like I got so lucky. I, my first, uh, work, work on a comedy show is with the daily show. I mean, you like had the best writers and the best performer. It was amazing. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't like, it's hard to fuck that up. Um, and then, you know, working on United States of Tara, Danny, you mentioned that show. Yeah. It was a great show. Um, and it was not a comedy, but there it's it, it was very funny. Comic element to it though. There was an absurdity to it that I think for sure. mom. <laughs> yes, yes. I, uh, <laughs> not this writing is not as strong there, but um <laughs> but uh <laughs> I only say that because they basically they stopped writing to me and I had to like ask off the show. So um I think but, that's but, good that you did. I think that's, I, I like that stand that people take. Yeah. Sometimes you got to just like, you can't just sit there and complain about it. It'd be like, you know, it's like, yeah, I, I like that. Life is very short. If I, if I had, you know, three kids and enormous debt um, and, you know, I, I would have shut my mouth, but I just, I couldn't stay. But, but to answer your question, Jenny, it was just, uh, you know, when the writing is good, it, that, like 30 Rock is a perfect example. Um, the heat was uh, was improvised, but um, yeah, I, it's a, it's a muscle that I I love to do it, but I, I also know that it's not my strength. Um, I feel really? much more. <laughs> yeah, surprising. I feel much that, that, that more. Surprises me because you're, you're you're. I think you could do it all. I think you could do all of yeah. those things. I, I I find that like, I find that like the people who can do comedy, both the writers and the performers who can do comedy, if they do it well, I have no doubt that they can do dramatic work writing and 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 acting but the opposite is never is not a given <laughs> i agree and I, it, it, it just it just isn't it just it's what you know it's a miracle when a serious dramatic actor transitions to comedy it works it's it's a fucking miracle and you um, love it i always think about that liam neeson sketch that he did with um, uh, ricky gervais yeah. where he wanted yeah. to do improv and it's like i have aids and yes it's so fucking fantastic that he can pull that off and 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 own that <laughs> absurd part of his own character. Yeah. It's just like I fucking love that shit. You know, actually, yeah. Danny, when we had David uh, Zucker on, yeah, airplane, yeah. you know, like, and he—that's my all-time favorite movie. So I was like fangirling mm. out, and I'm like, when you had Leslie Nielsen, who. All I ever heard growing up was my parents go, he was a serious actor. Yeah. He was a serious actor. And then you realize like, oh, he was still a serious actor. He just said lines that were ridiculous. Like he never tried to be slapstick funny. He just delivered the lines the exact same way 
you know, you that, that's, that, that was the miracle of airplane tour, getting all those. I mean, didn't D David Zayer was telling us that like Robert Stack was like, I'm not going to do this fight. This movie's ridiculous. I don't know. It was like his daughter <laughs> said, no, this is funny. Trust me, you should do this. He didn't even Wow. Get yeah. yeah. So when he's taking his his sunglasses off, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. he was he like, just, I can't believe I'm doing this. Why would yeah. I be wearing two sunglasses? He's like, uh, no one's going to think line, this is but, funny. Like, what? Oh. Because I see your Fenway Park thing behind you. I know you're a baseball fan. The most interesting piece of information was when he said Pete Rose was supposed to play the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar part. <laughs> oh. And he was busy playing baseball. So they're like, oh, and they got Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. But Pete Rose was supposed to be the co-pilot. Oh, Lennon. my. Wow. <laughs> it's, it, that, that changes the whole dynamic. I yeah, mean, it does. Because there's a, there is a real gravitas to Kareem because of his <laughs> politics and his, like the way that he's, he's, he's lived his life. It's not just like an A-list athlete that is, you know, a scoring champ and won all these titles. It's his, it's how serious, it's how he was such a huge part of the social justice movement. To That's why it works. I, can, I can't exactly. imagine. It, it, no, it's, it's like a fucking, yeah, those are the accidents in casting that sort of made, yeah. like, like, thank God it went this way instead of this way. Um, wow. What was it like, what was it like coming into, um, so how long had Rob been on The Daily Show before you joined them? A while. Uh, That's what I um, said too. Probably at least five years. I mean, he had a real following there. Um, I think five years or so. Um, Did you feel pressure in that sense? Like, were you, I mean, that's like, I, I, I'm an older brother and I have, I've had no relationship. I am the oldest, but I had no relation to anybody in the business. But I can imagine going in to that thinking like, Oh fuck! You're gonna measure, you know, all that stuff, and you always held your own, and you and you and Rob do different things, but you have that, you have a great what you, what links you is you have that amazing comic timing, but like you do do your own thing, and it's like, I don't know, I would feel that I'm, I'm putting words in your mouth, but I would feel a ton of pressure in that scenario. Yeah, I remember thinking it at the time. It, 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 I mean, it was such an opportunity, but I remember thinking this is this is such a dangerous yeah i'm playing with fire um i'm like flying you know too close to the sun here because if it doesn't work then i'm fucked because yeah. then it's not only does this guy work yeah. this guy is tat is riding rob cordry's uh coattails yeah. and now we have video we have proof <laughs> that he's only there because of his brother yeah. and he sucks fuck him so it's not only like it's it's a double. It's it's uh, it would be tough to recover from. Yeah. So I did. I really felt that. I and 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 um, and John got that. Uh, he understood the sort of the just the the tiny burden I had, but also was like. Um, but you guys owned I, it. You would do what I liked about what you did was you didn't ignore it. Like you, at one point, you know, you would do brother. Yeah, yeah. You have like brother versus brother. Wasn't that like a, a bit you did? Yes. Or, yeah. yeah. Yes. I fucking love that shit. And he's so mean to you. And I love that whole back yes. and forth. It just really. I remember standing on the floor um, after my first piece, my first piece aired. Um, and we taped it, you know, 4.30 or something in the afternoon. And then it aired at 11. And they, if you're the correspondent, they bring you into the audience to watch, watch so you can watch the audience uh, watch your piece. Right. And it's, um, and then if it's a good piece and it does well, 
you know, the producer who produced that piece sort of like gets to do a lap around the office and everyone, you know, you know, back slapping in the whole nine yards. And now I, 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 I've never thrown up because of, um, because of anxiety. I've never, that I, I it's something it's, it's, it, I rarely vomit. I think what we're going to take, the one takeaway from this podcast is that Nate Cordry rarely vomits. But when oh, I do, I Jenny really Johnson go. rarely vomit. No, we, we really okay. did need a title for yeah. the episode. So thank you for there that. You By the go. way, I'm with you. I bring the heat when I do. Oh, when it happens, <laughs> it's a fucking catastrophe. It's real bad. Yeah. <laughs> like lock um, the doors. Lock the doors. <laughs> the cat's running, hiding under the bed. It's very loud. Um, but I remember I was like, oh, fuck, I'm going to throw up. I'm going to throw up. Holy shit. And then the lights dimmed and they showed the piece. And it was, and it worked. And people responded. And, oh, awesome. um, and it was it, and it was a nice little it was a nice little run. Um, I was there for a year, um, and I was never hired full time. I came in as sort of like a when they needed someone with my perspective, which I was the youngest correspondent. Um, I was the youngest. I was Rob's brother, and so they got to play with those things. You were um, a featured player. I mean, honestly, you had that like it's a little bit like you 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 had that sort of right. status. Um, and, uh, but I understand those nerves and I understand vomiting. And it, sometimes for me, what makes me nauseous is financial issues and paying the bills. And one of the ways that I assuage that deep sense of nausea and unsettling is to sell advertising for this podcast. And, but it won't work, by the way, if I'm just selling out to products or services I don't believe in. Of course. It be a product or service I believe in, like this one Jenny and I are about to tell you about now. Doing it, Nation. Danny, I know for you this is going to be tough because football might be over for the season. But you know what? Basketball is full steam ahead for both pro and college hoops. From all, from all the latest odds, total player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. Bet online is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Head over to the website or use your mobile devices to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code CLNS50. That is CLNS50 to get started. And it's not just basketball, Bet Online is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds. Right to the Olympics coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Yeah, it is. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet Online, where the game starts. Yeah. I mean, okay, that's the ad break, but yeah, I mean, that was it. I mean, fucking A. That yeah. was like a sky hook from three. Points. <laughs> that was the, what was the thing you said? And one? Oh, no. the basketball. I called it a plus one. A plus one. <laughs> And I was there with like the well, yeah. It was that was, was like, like courtside or something. I courtside like, seat. Like, really one, into everybody. it. By the way, I was like, I was like, oh, that's plus one. I'm sorry. Hey, can you not correct me at intermission? Not now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that advertiser, by the way, Danny, totally my favorite. 
Like, oh, that last advertiser? Oh, oh my God. The best. Hard. Yeah. The best. Come we're back. <laughs> I mean, we're probably back for a while. I thought some of that plus one material was great. If I can figure a way to cut that into the show. Yeah. God bless you. The plus him. one is, that's, that's where you shine. That honestly. is really, absolutely where you shine. <laughs> um, uh, okay, so Nate, of all the things, your very impressive career, what's been your favorite role? Oh my, um, oh geez, my favorite role. Um, uh, there's just so many um, <laughs> role. I mean, I think you know. I did a I did a production of um, of True West uh, at Williamstown many years ago, um, and that just if you're a young actor coming up, uh, like Shepherd. you, yeah, it's Sam Shepard play, and it's it's two and wow. it's four actors, but it's primarily two actors and two brothers, and. It was supposed to actually be Rob and I, but he got um, hot tub time machine and had to back out. Um, uh, another another prestige project for sure. <laughs> Sam Shepard. <laughs> but by the way, he killed in that role though. <laughs> he was oh my still, god! Oh my, oh my god. god! He's still great, and when he sings the Motley Crue song at the end, wow! Was that remarkable? Like that? He's like a young, coked up um jack nicholson and that yeah. i mean he was he was amazing in that movie that movie so was fun. so much better than i thought it had any right to like i went in there with it, it's really a good movie and it holds up it is it's a great movie it's a, it just um, has the title that makes you want to run away for sure yeah um role wise pro probably that was the most fun and most challenging and difficult and stressful and uh, all the great things that come with playing a, a challenging role but i mean I'm, but the, the best time i had on a job um, I don't know. That's a good question. I, I, I have recency bias. So I'm thinking of recent jobs that I really enjoyed working on. Um, I worked one day recently on one day on this new series on stars called Gaslit. Well, I guess it's not a series. It's a limited, it's a limited series, but it's, okay. it's about John Mitchell, um, and Martha Mitchell and, and, uh, Watergate and it's Sean Penn and, um, and old what's her name, Julia Roberts. And <laughs> what's her name? What's I old what's her face, America's sweetheart. And I had yeah. just one one day, but my scenes, it was the three of us. We had, I had two scenes and my scenes were with the two of them. Really? Um, so that wasn't an enjoyable process, not because of them, just because I was so I've never been so panicked. Um, I've never been so terrified. Uh not about how it would come out, because it's two scenes, like who gives a fuck, but just like the work itself and trying to come off as a professional and not like, you know, it's a heavy room. It's a real heavy room. Um, and, and so that, that one was, uh, that was, you know, that was thrilling, um, but right. also terrifying. That was a very, I drove home just like I'd been to fucking, like I'd run a marathon. I, I, I the whole time I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're trying to, like, you <laughs> it's know. exhausting putting that on. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, well, I sat I'm next probably... to, I sat very near Sean Penn at, a, at some show one time and, and I felt exhausted. I didn't even Same. have to perform. Yeah. 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 Did he just yell um, at you the whole time? Or? I thought he was going to hit me the whole time. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> he was actually so, it was so surprising. I had the same, I, I came in with the same baggage with him as everyone does and i was and he was so fucking chill he was so funny super chill super like just very available and i was like wow okay okay 
Um, sure. I mean, he, yeah. he he does like, especially like for actors and I mean, he's really like, he cares about that shit. And so he wants, he's not going to, in that environment, he's going to try and get the best out of everybody. And, and I, I think, and uh, so, uh, yeah. Now you were also on For All Mankind. Yes. Yes. The, uh, uh, Apple. Apple. Connection and to that by the way, well. you're now the third person that we've had on from, from, we had Lenny Jacobson. Oh yeah. 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 And Garrett Reisman. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, he's great. He's not, yeah, he's we've had great. two astronauts on, and Danny and I just geek out the whole time. We're like the biggest space nerds. We're total space ever. nerds. So we've actually had two astronauts on this show so far. <laughs> wow, no kidding, big space nerds. Yeah, big. Where, yeah, where big did space your nerds. space? Where did your space? Well, I mean, well, Jenny, you're from Houston, right? Yeah, yeah mine came from uh, my dad was every a, year to Johnson Space Center. <laughs> My, and my having dad, everybody go, are you related to the Johnson Space Center? I'm like, no, uh -huh. it's not. <laughs> my dad works my at a dad was like, plant. Well, I wasn't that close. With, <laughs> my dad wasn't that close, but my dad was a fighter pilot. And so, and his friends would like, I remember like when the book, The Right Stuff came out, and I like, ate, I ate that up and they were like talking, oh yeah, we knew Chuck Yeager and all this. And I, I was like, so I, but, and I just, I just love, I mean, I was so obsessed with going, I was not raised, like I did not have a Jewish background. I didn't, you know, I've told this before, I wasn't raised Jewish. I, well, my friends were Catholic, but I didn't go for that either. So the only religion I had was sort of like looking up at the sky with my telescope and going, oh, I am but a speck of dust on nothing. That's so amazing. And so like I've I, that, that always. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm a big nerd for that stuff. What if you had to rank your your favorite fictionalized version of any kind of space story? I, I want to hear from both of you. What, what what would it be if you had to choose number one? I, I mean, does that can it be a book or a movie? Uh, it can be, yeah, either. I, I'm going to really nerd out though, that it would be like the Dan Simmons series Hyperion, which is like the Canterbury Tales in space. And it's like really spectacular writing. Oh so my that God, be, that's so gay. What a that gay would be my number one. Of course, and I liked all, like early on, I liked all of that Arthur C. Clarke stuff, like uh, yeah. Rendezvous with Rama. And I liked all that. But I love big space opera stuff. Like I love yeah. like going up. And I mean, Apollo, I, Apollo 13 was hands down my favorite space yeah. one but, but growing up like i remember thinking this movie was so amazing was space camp i thought it was like the greatest thing and then a couple of years ago i think it was like at a right when the pandemic started i'm like i'm gonna watch this puppy again that was the worst movie i've ever seen in my life like i watched the trailer for space camp and it was the horrible. running bit in writers rooms where i would I had no idea. I've not seen Space Camp, where I would basically tell the entire movie. I would like, I would do, I would single, I would do a one-man show of Space Camp, and people who saw Space Camp were shocked at the accuracy of how close I was to Space Camp. So you were inventing just based on the title of the movie. Title of the movie, and I saw the trailer. Okay. Or I saw little pieces of it. And I said, these kids, these like kids, they got nothing in common. They're not working together. And they're, they're reluctant. Oh, we got to go to space camp, boo-hoo. And of course, the shuttle accidentally takes off. And it's like, and they put away, you know, all their petty differences, they work together. But the one who's like really good at like puzzles, you know, it's like, well, she uses that to get this. And then the, I, I had no idea that one was going to, like, I've had it all figured out. So that was a... Oh. And I, the I people like, in it, the acting, it, it's like Leah Thompson, there's Tate Donovan. Uh, Tate Donovan, yes. Yeah, what's his face? Uh, Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix. When Joaquin he was, Phoenix. But he wasn't Joaquin at the time. He's credited as Leaf Phoenix. Okay. <laughs> this was before oh, wow. he even went with that. 
what when Scott Kelly did our podcast, Danny, yeah, who, who did a year in space, and him and I are like buddies, which is still weird to me. When I rewatched Space Camp, I text him and I was like, "Dude, have you ever seen this?" He was like, "Do you know that we would call like a rookie astronaut Space Camp when they fucked up? Like we'd be like, oh, hey, look what Space Camp just did over there.'" Great. <laughs> it was actually a knock at the first. Like that's how that's how that's bad amazing. the movie actually is. Yeah, I love. That's so weird. Jen, how old are you, Jenny? Because I feel like this, we probably came uh, 40, to this movie. 43. Okay, so I'm 44. So that, that movie, I don't know when it was released, 88, 87. Yeah, right yeah. at the right time. Completely. Yeah, I was like 10, 9, 10. It was perfect. I was like this, oh my God. this. Is it was perfect. also one of those movies, and maybe because it was, um, I'm not sure who, who uh, produced it, but it was on HBO all the time. <laughs> and so if you turned on HBO, it was like Space Camp. This is later, but Days of Thunder. That was on like every afternoon when I came home from school. But Space Camp was on all the time. And I remember loving it. And I did the same thing. I said to a friend, let's get really high and watch Space Camp and see if any of it holds up. And I couldn't, I couldn't find it. I couldn't oh, stream it. I found it, it Maybe... on YouTube. I had to find it. Ah. Like, you couldn't find it. There's no streaming service that even wants a fucking piece of that movie. That's how the bad. fuck not? What the? F it's it's. I don't know why it's not streaming. That that blows my mind. I mean, I, I, Phoenix I, I don't know if it's. Okay. I don't know if it's still the same. But I found it for free on YouTube. That's how bad it was. Fuck. Like it was free. You could just okay. What? No, it could be gone by now. But I hope I'm doing free. that immediately. One of the worst things I've ever seen. Yeah, wow. And I couldn't believe that I would like watch that and go, whoa, this is, if only I could go to space camp and be like. <laughs> it, was it was a robot. A it was the robot's fault. The robot. The, like Max want to help. And yeah. Just... Wait, there was a talking robot. That was in the thing. That was a, there was like a, there was a, there was a rope. For some reason there's, they, it's not enough that we're going up into the shuttle with a bunch of kids. Hey, you know what? <laughs> Early, we need throw a robot in there. We got a <laughs> robot. Get a cell toy with a heart of gold somehow. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so oh great. God. Oh my uh, God, that's unbelievable. Mine is mine is Apollo thirteen because I when I was my freshman year in college, we had two VHS tapes in my in our dorm room. I guess maybe this is sophomore year, but we had we had uh, Billy Madison and Apollo 13. And so we wanted to watch a movie because none of us could have cable. It was like, what is it? Is it a comedy or drama tonight? Yeah. So it was either Billy Madison or Apollo 13. And so I know both of those movies in, I know, I think every line I, uh, of both of those movies. Oh, I've watched good. them hundreds of times and they're very, very different. Um, when I was in college, it was um, Tombstone and Airplane for me. Those were the two VHS. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, Airplane just, was, Airplane when I was in college, it was big. Uh, what else was big? Back to the Future was huge. Mm. Breakfast Club, everywhere. Oh yeah, those. That's more my age. But uh, um, well, look at us reminiscing. Hey, this be a good transition, <laughs> by the way. Good, it would be into like what we've been watching. Speaking of things we, we like, we always talk. <laughs> we we save the last, you know. 10, 15 minutes of this podcast, we like to talk about the things we, we've been watching and enjoying. Um, so, anything you've been seeing lately that you love? It doesn't have to be new, it could be old, you just discovered it. Yeah. Um, 
I'm really enjoying uh, the dropout um, hmm. on Hulu. Yeah. Um, I'm a and I'm a, like a snobby bitch. I'm a fucking jerk when it comes to watching television. I watch it with my arms crossed, you know, looking like, down. Impress me. Yep. Yeah. Dance, monk. Like yeah. no, <laughs> sh- prove it. Prove Boom. it. Um, so it takes a lot. I, I, uh, but I really like that. I think it's really well constructed. Um, it's well directed, and she's great. Holy shit! Um, she is really good. Um, the last thing I think that we, my wife and I, watched that like really blew, like, our collective minds, and was, um, I think it was BBC something, but uh, it's a sin. Oh, I heard about this. I want to see this. Describe it to oh, me. Holy shit. Um, it's, it is, it's called It's a Sin. And it's set in London at the very beginning of the AIDS crisis. And that elevator pitch is like, oh, Lord, this is going to be too much. Overwhelming, just like devastation and heartbreak. And it, it certainly is that. And, but... That's like a third of the story. And the okay. other uh, two thirds, it's like this beautiful like community of friends who are all like living. Some of them are out and some of them are not. It's like, 19, like late 70s, early 80s, London, which is a really fun time to, wow. to be in. And just to see each of them sort of like, it's about this community, it's an ensemble, but then you follow each one of them in their own little worlds. And they have different, their families have different level of comfort with their, with their sexuality. And, and some of them, of, of, of course, contract AIDS and how they deal with it. Uh, it's just, it's, it's. Uh, Sounds great. It's remar- It's re- re- truly remarkable. Um, I can't recommend it uh, highly enough. I will do that. Because Danny, you do love your BBC. I do. I love, I'm a big, I love, yeah, I love, I love my BBC. Um, well, let's see. I was, I also, I was surprised at how much I liked the dropout because I really loved, I followed that story so closely and, you know, when it was happening, but she's so good and like all the people around it, it's just shot brilliantly and just watching all these, watch, just, it's, it's really good at watching this character. Oh, that's that compromise you made to the truth here that made it easier to make, like it, it, you, just to watch how the dominoes fell in that story was good. I, I'm, I watched the first episode of um, also of the uh, um, the Lakers, uh, the Adam McKay one. Oh yeah, yeah. How was that? And that I, I'm very mixed on it right now. Did you, what did you, yeah. I, I, I didn't love all the talking. I'm, I'm hoping it gets better, but it was just like, it felt like a lot of style and not a lot of, um, not a lot of substance. I was like, I was, I was a little bit, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for it that it gets better, but I, I, I had read, I was having a hard time with it after reading that that's how Adam McKay and Will Ferrell had a falling out. I know. That Will Ferrell was supposed to be in the John C. Riley yep. role and that Adam McKay just cast John C. Riley without telling Will Ferrell. Yeah. Like and that's just, why, and that's the basis of their, their, their And then everything fell apart. So like, I almost don't even want to watch it because it feels like a tainted show. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that story. Wow. Yeah. I just read that. Um, I, yeah, did I just you feel the same. Hold on. Did you feel the same way, Nate, when you saw it? 
I, I did, and I and that's like red meat for me. I'm I, I grew up in Boston in the '80s, so like oh. this is this, and I'm a sports fan. This is I am the easiest audience member to please. Oh, I, and yeah. I, I watched it with my wife on Sunday, and we both at the end. She was like, "I know nothing about basketball. I know nothing about this. I know like you have to come to me. You have to yeah. you have to reach out to the whole audience." And I feel the same way, Danny. A lot of flash. A lot of uh, style, but very little substance. I didn't care about any of them. And yeah. the direct, the direct address has fucking got to go. I, I'm sorry. I do There's not no understand for it. I don't. It's like, like it's like fake smart. It's like, well, maybe if I look at the, it's like it's you're not forwarding the story. This is you think you're doing something subversive, like by if you turn to the audience and, yeah. but it just it just uh, just makes the audience go, how come? Yeah, you're replacing story with it too. I mean, I'm a, any device, I guess, can mm, work. Mm. Just to fucking distracting. I felt I felt the same way. So yeah, I, yeah. I tend to find when somebody to, like when that happens that they're making a choice that the audience isn't smart enough to understand. So they want to turn and explain like we're all stupid mm. and kind of like being talked to like I'm dumb. So mm. I really check out when shows do that. Well said. I think that's exactly right. That's probably my revulsion of it too. I'm thinking I'm, like I'm being baby, like I'm not smart enough to yeah. hang. Yeah. It's, like, it, it's a show about, hand. right. <laughs> it's a show about Magic Johnson. Like, I think yeah. I can follow it. Meanwhile, right. like, you know, and then like the bars, like, I think one of the best things I've watched in like the last three years was The Last Dance. Like, as well, that's what I was going to say, like, I, mean, I couldn't wait every Sunday. I was so, like, so that's like, and I'm not like a huge, I mean, I, I look, I was the one who said plus one, but I love, I just like to watch it. And I fucking, like, I was every moment of that, I was gripped in, and, and that's what you're competing against, basically. Yeah. It has to be at least that. Completely. Uh, and it's, it's, it, it's, it's what's compelling about, about that, yes, is Michael Jordan. Yeah. And and his life and career, but if you'd give ten filmmakers the chance to make Last Dance, nine of them are going. I guarantee nine of them will be busts. And this one was a was fucking Everything magic. Yeah, I felt the same way about the OJ, the six part OJ oh. doc. Oh my god, the which OJ is some of the best made television in America. Yeah, in the last twenty five years. Period. Agreed. I, I link the two of them exactly because they, they're they covering like sort of similar time frames. Also being in LA during that OJ thing. And there was this, this mm. moment where like this city was like the center of the universe and it captured that time so well. Also help me understand things that even at the time I didn't fully understand. And so if you could give me that perspective, they're crazy. Yeah. And no one fully understood at the time, probably. You no, needed no, some no. time and distance and... Yeah. What's but what's dangerous about those kinds of projects is that they are so well done. Other amateurish, you know, creators are like, ah, I can do that. And then you get like seven of those in a row, and it's like, nope, you can't. It, yeah. it may seem easy, but it's fucking impossible. Uh, when those things work, it's 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 thrilling. Yeah. Uh, Jenny, what the are you watching? The last dance, hands down. But that's that's actually a show that when I can't find something to watch, I'll just watch I watch it, it again. Yeah. I see. <laughs> I'll, because it's also in that, I mean, they were the same age. So it's like in our high school, like I played yeah. basketball and like, I'm a sneakerhead too. I collect Jordans. I'm like, oh yeah, that was the no, year. Like, that, when I watched it, I was like, this is so made for Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> and the music too, like all, right. the soundtrack of that was completely impressive. Um, 
Well, so Taylor Tomlinson has a new special. Oh, is it good? Just yeah, just just came out. Uh, Look at you. That's on Netflix. Check that There's out. There's also a uh, worst roommate ever Netflix docu series. Oh, really? Yeah, and it's like each episode's pretty short. You can plow through it pretty quickly, but it's just everything is like a murder, <laughs> a quick docu, you know, like a, just a quick twenty-five minute thing about. Oh, I can't something. wait for this. Is this new? Yeah, it just came out. It's oh, on I'm Netflix. So I'm gonna watch that tonight. Yeah, so it's like a little like a condensed, almost like a Dateline, but like a. And I love I love a true crime. You know, no, I know you do. You're a white sure. woman. I'm a white woman. You know, I love it. I love murder. I'm like, <laughs> um, I love my murder. You know, I do. I know you do. Well, uh, um, Nate, it has been a pleasure, man. Thanks. Hey, anything you want to plug? What's coming up? Where can we all see you, man? What's happening? Um, yeah, you can see me. There's a new series coming out this summer on Amazon called Paper Girls, which is based on the um, graphic novel the Brian K. Vaughn uh, graphic novel. That's coming out, I think, in Ju June or July. And then season three of For All Mankind comes out probably around the same time. Awesome. Um, and then uh, that one episode of Gaslit that I'm sweating my diaper through, uh, that comes out in April. Um, I can't wait to judge you. Please, oh, yeah. Gonna... Email me. Let me know what you think. <laughs> no, we'll do it on the podcast. Don't no, we will. We'll just that'd be great. Juicy. Um, <laughs> stick around for a quick picture. But thanks again, Nate, and doing it, Nation, man. What can I say? Thank you yeah. for yeah, making. Thank you, and also, Donation, you're welcome for this episode. Now, I, you actually are. You yeah. owe us a thank you. Yeah. You <laughs> America, send us an edible arrangement. Yeah. <laughs> I'll see you next week. All right.